Welcome, all my vibe ranters. It is Wednesday. Maybe a little late to the party, but <laughs> gremlins couldn't stop us for long. It's just a super powerful, magical day. So even though we prepared and had all the tech things <laughs> lined up, sometimes they go wonky and you got to reboot a computer. But hey, I'm super excited to be here. Seems like Vibrant often lines up with full moons and amazing astrological occurrences. And today's episode is all about some alternative ways of looking at astrology and our roadmap through the stars, where we are in the reality. Super excited to get into it. My friend Heather Elizabeth is joining us. She is a shamanic healer, an expert in the synchro galactic 13 moon dream spell Mayan calendar. I don't know if I put those words in the right order, but they all describe it. So uh, we should just get right into it. Heather, can you, you know, introduce yourself to the fam? Wow. Well, Chance, I am so overjoyed to be with you again, my dear brother. I haven't been with you in a while, so this is so awesome. And hello, aloha to all of our ohana out there. Happy full moon to us all. Really, really profound full moon. And yes, um, where do I begin? You always give such amazing intros. Um, Yeah, I am a shamanic energy medicine high priestess goddess um, who has been incredibly blessed to be initiated into a technology called the 13 moon dream spell law of time. And it is a kind of astrology. um, And we know like all of these different technologies are really different weavings and pathways to the one. And this particular technology is interwoven with ancient Mayan cosmology. So it's a really unique and very, very deep dive into the cosmos and how we are interrelated and interconnected and really in this living myth, um, really dreaming this reality into being. And so this technology really gives us a opportunity to, to dream consciously. And I think we all know now more than ever, it's really important to be consciously dreaming this reality into being We're we're being shown um, the illusions in, in ways that we never have before. And so it's really amazing to have these different navigation tools that support us in aligning our consciousness with really what's, what's in our best and highest good and our absolute um, evolutionary potential. Couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself. Yeah, uh, the dream at this point is bifurcating to the best time of people's lives and then like the ultimate super fear nightmare. <laughs> but luckily, once you like switch over to the love side of the equation, I wouldn't even call love a side, right? It's centered, but it's like a one-way conversion. I think that we're making a lot of headway because the the boogeymen out there are also causing people to have to ask the question, what is really going on? Why is this happening? Who am I? Maybe they'll even get to the big question, who am I? That would be awesome. But I want to say what's up to people in the chat. We've got quite a few people already over on Rockfin and Patreon. So Kaylee and Kabir, Gordy over on the Rockfin side, and Leanne, 
woke up. I think she's in France. She woke up at 5 a.m. to catch this stream. So or 4 a.m., something like that. So blessings to you. Thank you for that. And on the YouTube side, Elsie King in the house, the man, the legend, Clint Li- uh, Liberian, <laughs> Peaceful Penguin, Chelsea Chase, Shannon Legros. Nice to see all of you and sound off in the chat if you've got some good things to say or questions about what we're going to discuss. Now, this is going to be a loose conversation, hopefully with a lot of questions and input from the audience on the topic. If people are interested in a more in-depth look at the 13 moon calendar in a conversation with me and Heather, we've done a couple episodes of Interverse. The most recent one was in 2020, so not recent enough. Feels like we're still in 2020 in a lot of ways, but. Wow, look at that. Look at that's some good cover art, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. So uh on the last time that we talked was actually on your channel. And I was just getting out tuning forks. I was just learning and getting into the tuning fork modality. And I don't know if you knew this, but now I'm actually operating that equipment with clients on a regular basis and making, in my opinion, a, a very positive impact for people because I can feel it every time. Like the the magic and the synchronicity that comes through those sessions is like mind blowing. Absolutely. But enough about me. You look super magical tonight. I love your space. The whole energy and vibe is very necessary to like bring it into a calm place with Le- with the moon full right in the heart of Leo. <laughs> yeah. I and I'll I have a screen share. Um, I was <clears throat> actually, I shifted some, um, things around in this space just a little bit ago is really inspired to do that and sage and like just really feeling the shifting and clearing on on a DNA level honestly you know all the way into the the physical 3D <laughs> space so it's, it's it's really phenomenal energies I I am truly elated to be consciously co-creating with with all of you in this now moment it's really beautiful yeah well what's new with you these days can we talk about what you might have going on yeah you know how what's your work with people these days looking like yeah well so I'll share chance since even you and I connected when you you know shared your tuning forks and that was actually um the day out of time in 2020 and that was your galactic birthday was the day out of time that was white magnetic wow. that's yeah white magnetic mirror i just got to say that's kind of profound that it was sort of my debut with sound healing to the world on the day out of time that was also my galactic birthday so wow. you'll have to explain what those two <laughs> concepts mean for people yes yes um so yeah let me just flow into that um you know, sharing since we're in that flow and then we can just obviously be in the weaving here. So day out of time is every July 25th and it is the, you know, we could feel into it as being the Mayan New Year's Eve. Um, The end of the galactic calendar each year is July 24th. And then we have the 25th, which is the day out of time. And then July 26th is the galactic new year. And that whole cycle is in alignment with our galactic um, brothers and sisters, the Syrians, the Syrian cycle. Um, Sirius rises with our great central sun around July 26th. And so that's always been 
felt to be a, a rebirth time. And so our, our ancestors celebrated that and honored that. And so we've brought that into this technology of the dream spell. And so July 25th, Day Out of Time, is a worldwide celebration. Um, I believe there's at this point 99 different countries that celebrate the Day Out of Time. And there's festivals and ceremonies and just all kinds of magical goodness um, that flows that day. And um, a galactic birthday is the day within the galactic calendar that our personal galactic signature, which is based on the day you incarnated, your galactic signature, it's when your signature falls on the calendar, the galactic calendar. And that happens every nine moons, which is symbolic of a gestation cycle. So it is a rebirthing time for us personally uh, when we have our galactic birthdays. And there's no um, repeating of our galactic birthday for 52 years. So it's always falling on a different day within the calendar for a 52-year cycle. So chance that day out of time... Um, when we were together last on your galactic birthday, your galactic birthday won't be on day out of time for 50. Well, now it'll be 50 years <laughs> will be the next time. So it's very special. Very, very special. Yeah, <laughs> that was <laughs> when I look back on that, that was pretty cool. Uh, I was like traveling and on a bad laptop when I came in and Tech wise, maybe I'm not as pleased with it as it could have been, but what it represented was amazing because it was like an initiation for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'm confident and comfortable explaining this modality, kind of demonstrating it. And from that point, I learned so much. And yeah, the, I, I find it also fascinating how accurate the galactic signatures really are, but they're sort of encoded in a puzzle poem riddle. And so mine is white magnetic mirror, which is all about I uh, reflect or unify in order to reflect or something like that, I think is the, the main phrase, which as I understand it, it's a configuration that has to do with like drawing in the creative energy and light from other people and then reflecting it out in a multiplied way, which is kind of wild for a podcast hoster, especially one that's like, I'm pretty into creative things. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you you absolutely embody your signature in a in a beautiful way, an empowered way. Um I would reflect cuz all, you know, all archetypes all fall on a pole like everything does really. And so we have our shadow aspects, we have our enlightened empowered aspects and then everything in between and you know, the task at heart in this now moment of course for the collective family of humanity is for us to be integrating our shadows and healing our shadows. And so we can be more and more in our magnificence and radiating that out into the collective field. So thank you for being that and, and, you know, having this presence in, in the world like you do and, and sharing and bringing people together. You too. And I'm happy to say there's a lot more people coming together around what I'm doing than last time we talked. And now we have like people hanging out with us live. This is kind of new, sort of new. We've been doing Vibrance since last year, but it's so much fun. And I got to say, you embody yours as well. 
Heather is a white wizard. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Basically in the same lineage as Gandalf. I don't know what else to say about it. Yep. Yep. I hang with Gandalf and Merlin and all the wizards. Yeah. It's, and you know, it's fun to play with these archetypes as well. These galactic signatures, like it really is a, um, awakening into our multidimensional selves and how to anchor that into this realm. Um, it's, it's truly a phenomenal system. And to answer your question, um, from a little bit earlier chance, you know, this continues to be a profound part of my life, my mission, the work that I, um, share with fellow Ohana. And so I offer activations into our personal galactic signatures. I have a circle that I offer every 13 days. Um, needless to say, the, the cycle of 13 is very significant um, in this framework because, you know, we're aligning with the divine feminine medicine of 13 that Grandmother Moon reflects to us so beautifully. So we gather every 13 days on a day within the calendar that is devoted to the frequency of cooperation and co-creation. It's They're called the crystal days, the crystal tone of cooperation. And so we come together in circle every crystal day and come into meditation and really sharing from the heart and reflecting on everything that's been co-created over the previous cycle. So that's a, that's a new development since you and I um, chatted last. We started those regular um, gatherings at the beginning of the Gregorian year of 2021. So we've been meeting every 13 days since then, and it's really beautiful. It's a global family and just amazing, you know, to, to come together in the spirit of unity and in the spirit of aligning with our highest potentials, you know, in the midst of all of this unraveling that's happening um, where we could easily get pulled into the illusion of separation and and all the othering and the division that's going on. Um, It's really profound to choose, like you were saying, to choose to be in the love, to choose to be in the collaborative, co-creative space yeah uh (laughs) it's the only way to do it that's what i appreciate about appreciate about you every time we communicate every way you communicate it's always like there's always an aesthetic (laughs) in a sense to the way that you communicate that brings in excitement and positivity and the sense and feeling of connection and i like when people use language highly consciously now there's a question in the chat about how to actually find your galactic signature. So I dropped it in there, a uh, link lawoftime.org slash decode. And you just put in your birthday. You don't even need to know where it doesn't have that aspect to it. You don't have to know what time of day. So that's convenient too. And mine, we can look at a screen share here to see what it looks like. It says, I unify in order to reflect, attracting order, I seal the matrix of endlessness with the magnetic tone of purpose. I am guided by my own power doubled. So you get a cool riddle like that to think about and see how it 
pertains to you, I'd love to see some of you guys decode your stuff and let us know what to- uh, signature you are. Maybe Heather can speak on a few of them if we get some volunteers. And Absolutely. today, now we're going to get back to that day at a time question. I just want people to know that's coming up. <laughs> I've got a note for that. I've, I've, I have a lot of questions that are pertaining to the interesting mathematics involved in this alternative system. But before that, let's just talk about today specifically, mm-hmm. because let me find my screen share here. Yeah, today is interesting to be a full moon in Leo because the day is red cosmic moon. I endure in order to purify transcending flow. I seal the process of universal water with the cosmic tone of presence. I am guided by the power of space. So would you help us interpret this cool riddle? Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, you know, I invite, this is a co-creative sacred circle that we're all in. And so, you know, I invite all of us to feel because it really is about feeling the vibrations of these energies, these, these galactic signatures um, so it is a sync, this whole system, we, we call it the map of synchronicity. So like the synchronicities are consistently flowing into our consciousness when we're al- aligning our minds with natural time, which is, which is what this is. So it is a sync that we're experiencing a full moon on a red moon day within the galactic calendar. So there are 20 different tribes and then 13 different tones. The tribes are more of our outer expression of the archetypes and the tones are more of like the inner expression. And so the tones and the tribes unite together to form these galactic signatures. So today is the tribe of the red moon and the red moon are known as the healers and they hold the power of universal water. So the the red moon within the flow of the 20 tribes could really be felt as an embodiment of the divine feminine essence. You know, the, the power of universal water. This is the water elemental in all of the forms that she expresses herself. So the literal water that we are blessed to, to consume, bring into our being, we know water is life. And then also the symbolic presence of water. So our emotional intelligence, our intuitive nature, our creative nature, this, this deeply feminine aspect of humanity like it doesn't matter what gender identity you have we all have the feminine and the masculine within ourselves so needless to say the full moon time (laughs) is a time where we're really um feeling the pull of that feminine um nature within ourselves so what the sync that's happening with the galactic calendar and the the full moon in Leo is a, a massive amplification of that feminine energy. So we have this um, presence of the red moon, the healer, with the cosmic tone of presence. And the cosmic tone is the 13th tone of 13. 
So whenever we arrive upon a cosmic day within the calendar, this is signaling a completion of a cycle of 13. So today we're completing a 13-day cycle that has been all about um, the red earth energy. And the red earth is the navigator who holds the power of navigation. This is the aspect of our new human blueprint that um, beckons us to evolve through synchronicity. So letting go of artificial ways that we are navigating our lives and tuning into the signs, the affirmations, the synchronicities that are coming through Mother Earth and all of the aspects of Mother Earth, the cosmos, this really organic, natural ways that we receive information that's, you know, guiding us to live our best lives if we so choose to pay attention to it. And I know all of us here <laughs> choose that. So we're completing a cycle today um, of 13. So, and there we have, again, a feminine energy of 13. So I would say today is all about surrendering <laughs> to the flow of life, being in tune with your emotional nature, all of the emotions that are flowing through that are coming up to really be present and honoring of them, to ride the waves and know that there's deep wisdom present when we're willing to be present with our emotional nature and trusting all of the intuitive messaging that's coming through your being. Like that is such a call um, for all of us in this now moment is to let go of the old, old paradigm of doubting ourselves and thinking that our, our intuition is evil or not real or blah, 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 blah. It's like, intuitions where it's at and that could not be louder <laughs> like a louder cosmic message right now um to trust yourself to trust your inner guidance um yeah so i'll be quiet for <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. i love it i so love it on and on um yeah so in a nutshell that's what's happening today and we had someone share, we've got spectral, red spectral moon, Chelsea. Awesome, Chelsea. So this is a red moon too. It's her day. Yes, this is, yeah, this day is um, very, very significant for you. This is your tribe. So every 20 days, your tribe repeats. So you have, there's a lot of days that are like a sync day for us personally. Yes. And then we have other... Um, I didn't even speak to another one of the graphics um, on what you shared, Chance, which is like, it's called your destiny oracle. Um, I call it your, your medicine wheel, your dream spell medicine wheel. And those are other tribes that Red Cosmic Moon is very, very connected to. So there are a lot, you know, of course, we're all one. So there's lots of different facets um to who we are and the different archetypes that you know we really bring through um our own expression and we got brayden the white galactic dog awesome. 1090 
and Kaylee, Ken One Twelve, Yellow Galactic Human. Wow. Now I can't. I I know that it's either Yellow Sun or Yellow Human that is one in my 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 four that uh white magnetic mirror aligns with. I can't remember which. I can um, pull that up. I have. There's a good app, guys. It is called Thirteen. Let me make sure I know what it's called. <laughs> 1320 Sync. Yes, 1320 Sync. And that's a, a good app you can grab that very user-friendly interface. So I'll look the yellow, up. The yellow star chance is the. Um, oh, yellow star. Okay. Yes. The artist. Remember, like this is, you know, you are an artist. So this is that aspect of who you are that's, you know, creating so much beauty and elegance in your own unique way of being the, the white mirror. <laughs> Do love me some artists. We've got so many more people joining us in the chat too. Hello, Ariel. Hello, Rachel, Sunseed and Davin. Good to see you all. Yeah. So I'm sure that there's going to be more questions as we go, but I want to talk a little bit about the, the mathy sides of this calendar, because I'm firmly convinced that it does map synchronicity. And that it is a simple and elegant way of kind of approaching a, zo a zodiac type situation a lot easier than, <laughs> and I'm not saying there's no value in astrology. There's great value in astrology, a lot more complex. But I think the ancients probably would have leaned towards a system like this for most people because it just requires you to keep track of time or like days. And it's still Harmon, like there's still a lot of harmony to derive out of this knowledge because when we look at modern astrology, it wouldn't even really be possible without all the software and calculations that have come before. Mm -hmm. And in the ancient world, you would have, you know, I think Michael Tesserion says that the rising sign is probably the most important to the ancient world that followed the type of astrology that we're more familiar with because that was the easiest thing to spot. And yeah, uh, all the different measurements of the planets and what deacon and degree and all that. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't reflect the nature of reality on that day. It totally does, but it's complicated and we're blessed to have the ability to look at things at that minutia left brain level right now, because when you go that far into integrating spiritual spirituality and science through a left brained sort of bits and pieces approach, it does lead you to a holistic understanding of reality. It takes you back to a more right-brained thing. But yeah, my question, I think, to lead here is probably about the day out of time. That's an interesting concept because uh, there's math that our friend Lucas King has done about like charting the synodic and sidereal movements of the luminaries and trying to work out what is going on with uh, the cycle of the year also. And he's pretty convinced that it's really a 364 day year. So, wow. but, but there's, so I, I'm probably not explaining this well, and he might, you know, pop in later and talk about it, but I want to discuss that day at a time a little bit more. What significance did that have maybe spiritually or uh, esoterically or to the, to the people that originated the system? Hmm. Wow, that's an amazing question, Chance. Um, 
but I'm like, I'm listening for the guidance around how to answer that really consciously. While you're listening, we got another white wizard in the chat. Woo! Reality check. I don't know if it's Buffalo or Lake, so they share the account, but white wizards. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. Love that. Um, so what's coming through to, to respond to your thought provoking question chance is the day out of time, um, is my, my understanding is the day out of time is inspired to keep the flow of energy and the frequency and the inspiration that was the harmonic convergence of 1987. And I know you and I have spoken about that some. We, I think the first um, interview that we did, we talked about the har- harmonic convergence and how um, all of the beings like yourself who have incarnated since then, since 1987, um, you all are like, I was actually sharing this with someone earlier today. It's like, you're like the, the human 2.0. It's like you all are, you know, came into um, this plane, this in a, in a higher frequency than the generations before. And that's felt to be because of what was co-created um, during the harmonic convergence did lift the frequency of the planet and created a rainbow bridge from the old earth to the new earth, which obviously we're still crossing that bridge (laughs) in this now moment. Um, But it really did change the whole trajectory of um, human evolution. And so for those of us who maybe aren't completely conscious of, of what the harmonic convergence was, it was the first worldwide meditation for peace and and harmony and unity consciousness um, that's ever taken place on mother earth as far as we know. So millions of people can't underestimate how powerful that is. Millions of people gathered across the world, the different sacred sites um, on August 15th and 16th, 1987 and held this sacred space for the conscious dream of a peaceful, sustainable, unified, harmonious reality to be birthed. And it now think about this, 1987, there was not the internet. (laughs) There weren't even cell phones. (laughs) Like this was all word of mouth. And Jose Arguez, who is the being who channeled the 13 Moon Dream spell, He was the organizer of the harmonic convergence. So he received the download and I know millions of others did as well. They were telepathically feeling this call to to come together at this specific time. And he really took the lead on organizing it. So he was interviewed and and some newspapers and on, on television and everything else was word of mouth. And so this gathering took place and like I'm, I'm sharing, it really is felt to have shifted the trajectory of our reality. And so the day out of time each year can be felt as a harmonic convergence because it is 
you know, this gathering of millions of people across the globe, focusing our intention and attention upon co-creating a peaceful world. You know, the, the mantra for the dream spell is time is art. Life is art. We're, we're transmuting the time is money matrix. And we're realizing that time is art. Like every moment we have the capacity to create a masterpiece, to create a beautiful reality for ourselves and the generations to come. So that's the day out of time is really, you know, an embodied expression of that dream. And we know our ancestors who were completely in alignment with nature, with the cosmos, and know they did not have like the astrology apps <laughs> to be mapping everything. They were intuiting it. They were looking to the cosmos, following the stars. They were in tune with the seasons and the cycles of the moon and, and the sun. And that's how they navigated their lives. And they prophesized this very time that we are living in, that we have this potential to completely create a whole new earth, a whole new experience of being humans on earth. And so that would be the, the weaving that I feel and see with, with the um, timeless intention of what day out of time is. I love that you use the word weaving. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty popular word in our group here. I actually do a co-host spot pretty regularly over on a channel called Weaving Spiders Welcome. And there's a lot of crossover between that crew and this crew. And what we are able to do together with that, that show as an example, because that, that group, we're like synchronicity generators. You you watch it happen in real time <laughs> during the episodes. And so weaving is a beautiful way of looking at it because it's more than just connecting dots. It is making something like a tapestry, you know, something beautiful. Make it is a work of art. Yes. And what you say about this med this global meditation and how beings that came in the dimension after that, that's pretty interesting. I wasn't long in uh, wasn't long after that, that I came into the world. Um, oh. <laughs> and we live in a material world where the manifestations are slowed down. You know, thought does materialize into reality in some way, shape or form. If the thought has enough energy, but it never really happens instantaneously unless there's some sort of physical mechanism or channel that allows for that. So when we look at something 1987 that occurred, as big as a meditation for world peace and harmony and the collective evolution and expansion of human consciousness. Well, that's probably not an overnight job. <laughs> <laughs> and when I look at what's going on in the world right now, I do see what they call the great awakening every day. More and more people are realizing that, Hmm, maybe authority isn't truth. Maybe truth is the authority. Or maybe there's more to the world than just the material. It still cracks me up that there are people in the world that are like developing brain chips to control monkeys and making bionic fish and 
doing all kinds of like someday this research where we're creating a bionic fish is going to allow us to make a completely artificial human heart. And they've totally missed the memo that the flesh is spirit and that you don't just replace spirit with something artificial or dead spirit is original. So you can't really replace the original with the artificial and the artificial is only beneficial when it is created in alignment and harmony with the way that nature does things with nature's aesthetics, with beauty and love as the intention. And that's, what's so important about art that we get away from the artifice of the misalignment with truth, with trying to break reality down into its nuts and bolts components and become the God of those little chess pieces. And instead realize that, we are the paintbrushes and pens and toys of a greater expression of spirit that we're connected to. And that is us. And it's a part of us, but that there's something moving through us and moving us that is much bigger and much like fully all knowing in the sense that we couldn't comprehend. And this knowing that we can have about that part of ourselves allows for trust in the present moment and roots us into the never ending flow state of synchronicity that I like to call it. The recognition that it always was pure synchronicity. It always will be. And it was just our perspective that got in our own way of us getting into that lazy river and having a great ride through life. Not that we're lazy, but you know, it moves us. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> I like to get like one good rant in during a vibrant. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Aho. Yeah, I want to let people know too, since that was a good mic drop moment, we've got a call in line on Telegram and I'm looking to see if we got any new things popped in here. We do. We do have some cool new stuff. Uh, maybe some Im- Images to share. You can put questions in there. You can leave us a audio voicemail. All that stuff is really cool. I'm going to link it in the chat here. Do you do Telegram, Heather? I do not. It's so good. Uh, I would highly recommend you check into it because you can create communities with Telegram that are way stripped down from what social media really is. There's no profile posturing. There's no likes as currency. There's no censorship. There's none of the stuff that is really getting in the way of the love vibration coming through the technology. Mm. It's not weaponized to make people feel aggravated as soon as they look at the colors and frequencies and layout of the screen, the way things like Fedbook and Zuckergram tend to be definitely Fedbook. So Telegram, we have an awesome community there. It's basically like a never ending. It's like the live chat in this video, but it just goes all day. And people are connecting, sometimes even finding each other in real life. And you can start a channel there and start building up a community through Telegram. And it makes it really quick and easy for people to get a hold of you, for you to get a hold of them and let people know what you're doing. You might find a lot of benefit in it. And you can even do stuff like live stream to people's Telegram app from your channel and group. You could maybe be doing some of maybe some anything you would be doing pro bono anyway to a telegram community. And it's pretty awesome. 
<laughs> that was my, I don't work for Telegram, but I've, I've benefited so much from, from that particular app that I want people to know. I don't care that the guy who is the CEO is member of the World Economic Forum, whatever. I don't care if it's data collection. Everything's data collection. We're able to use it consciously and until the point that we're no longer able to connect and share love and inspiration through it, then we'll find something else. But right now, it is for the win. So maybe check that out. I will. Yeah, there's... (laughs) Okay, so another question I want to get into, back to like the mathy side. This concept of the 1320, isn't it based on a different mathematical system than base 10? Am I correct about that? Yeah, it's it's based on so everything within this technology is considered to be natural time. So it's all organic equations that are expressed in nature and including within ourselves. So the 1320 matrix, the way that that is reflected within the human is that we have 20 digits, most of us, 10 fingers, 10 toes. So here are the the tribes, the 20 tribes. And then we have the 13 major joints in the body. And those are the 13 tones. So the whole 1320 um, mathematics is expressed in the human. So there's a whole element of this technology that we can be working every day with with our bodies. There's the chakra system we connect in with the galactic calendar, but also literally our our digits and our joints with the tribes and the tones. Yeah, that's cool. There's so much math in the human body, actually. Like this is episode 27 of Vibrant, and there are many gematrological correspondences to 27 like in the septenary uh, alphabetic cipher 27 is jesus and it's also mercury it's this figure that is like the the psychopomp and the divine messenger it's usually the 27 is encoded in names of mythological and spiritual leaders that have that particular role and then in our hands there are 27 phalanges, which are these sections of the fingers. Oh, cool. So it's in our hands. Wow. <laughs> the power of our hands. Pretty cool. And so about this alternative math system, have have you ever tried to wrap your head around a like a base 20 counting system? Is that what it is? Um that's one of one of the counts. So this whole, the whole technology invites us into the complexity of all, here we are weaving again, all of the weavings, the cycles, the patterns that are constantly unfolding within, you know, our, ourselves, within our lives, within nature. And so that cycle of 20, the 20 tribes is one of those that we're constantly weaving and flowing with. So we flow through this cycle every 20 days. We flow in order of the the 20 tribes and those tribes tell a story of the human incarnated. The first tribe is the red dragon. 
the power of birth, the primal force, and we flow through all these different awakenings to our human potential that the tribes hold. And then we reach the 20th, which is the yellow sun, the enlightened ones, the power of universal fire. So that's this enlightenment, the, the rememberment that we are divine in these, these human vessels. So it's a constant flow through that 20. So that is one of the counts that we flow through. I'm really interested in alternative mathematics as difficult as it is to think about <laughs> because everything in our world is working on this base 10 thing. Yeah. So here's something kind of cool. This is considered to be the oldest surviving text from the Americas. It's called the Dresden Codex. I don't know why it's called Dresden. Ooh, that's giving me chills. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's the Mayan count right here. Exactly. Yeah. I have no idea how to interpret this, but it has something to do with their mathematics. Yes. Yeah. So the I just feel called to share this. Um, the dots that we see there, a dot is representative of, of one. And then the the lines that we see there are five. So that's how we count um, with the tones, is dots and lines to add up to those 13 tones. So when you see, like, Chance, you showed your um, galactic signature, white magnetic mirror, it was the mirror glyph with the dot above. And that's the one. So you're one, you're the first tone course <laughs> the magnetic tone of purpose and then we saw today's signature red cosmic moon we saw two lines so 5 10 and then three dots 13 yeah this is so cool <laughs> it's like one of the things about this that i really appreciate it's kind of reminiscent of egyptian in a sense that this is communication, but it's also art. They're yes. not separated from the spiritual significance of number. And I think that that is, if there's one thing you can point out in Occidental culture, the Western world, and I guess this applies to the East too. I mean, I guess it happened everywhere that so-called civilization took a turn for the materialistic that at a certain point, number lost its spiritual significance. It just became $3 or three sheep or whatever. Mm -hmm. It wasn't also the spiritual significance of three of the Trinity. And at a certain point before that, numbers had a mystical significance to everybody. It was almost like a, I, I consider that there was a form of human consciousness that has existed before and is returning to the planet now. Where colors, tones, vibrations, numbers, even letters, all of these different elements of communication that have up to this point in our lifetimes been strictly a materialistic, utilitarian thing, all had a synesthesia about them for every, for pretty much every human being that you didn't just see green. You felt it in your heart. <laughs> like there's a reason why this system of correspondences still exists in magic 
between colors and chakras and planets and metals and trees and everything in the realm. And it's great to start to take in this information from uh, in like from an informational level as we have, but what will really truly be amazing is when the spiritual element of the logos returns to life within our awareness and everybody becomes the the artist that their soul truly is. Mm. I think that's what most like really spiritual visionary artists of today's age are either aware of it or not. They're seeking this relationship to form and color and beauty that allows them to express the transcendental. But if we just innately comprehended the transcendental from the inside, we would all have the ability to create masterpiece, what would be considered now masterpiece types of artwork. But even that which was simpler would have a resonance beyond what we see today. This is a perfect example. It is simple, but there's this amazing harmonic resonance to the imagery. And in some elements, it really reminds me of ancient cultures and other places of the world, like this stuff going on down here, very ancient China feel with this serpenty thing. And yeah, <laughs> I have another page open on a little bit more about the mathematics. I don't know if that would be too like dense to read through, but it's definitely something I want to study more because if I could comprehend uh, some other system than base 10, and maybe Gabriel will call in or I know he's in the chat and talk about this because our friend Gabriel, Slick Dissident, he has, he says that he's spent some time trying to get his mind to reframe its relationship to numbers in this Mayan system. Mm-hmm. And that there is, I think he said there was an amount of time where he got it and it was clicking and then it kind of fell off. It's almost like a, a vibration that you sync with. And that's how important it is our systems of language and number really are to our entire, they're literally operating systems for how we interface to the world. Absolutely. And, and ourselves, you know, we, we, I don't think we in this circle (laughs) have underestimated um, the impact of what we call artificial time. Um. Yet, as a collective, we 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 have underestimated the impact of aligning our consciousness with an artificial time technology that we call the Gregorian calendar and the clock. That we we have been following those maps to dictate, you know, how we live our lives for really not that long of linear time. <laughs> few hundred years um yet it has made its impact and it has contributed um greatly to humanity being out of sync with nature and and with ourselves and one another and so when we choose and it it isn't um an easy path but we know that evolutionary path is not easy it's not meant to be but when we choose to to align our consciousness with natural time, with a different mathematical framework, um, it is a game changer. It, it, it completely brings us into harmony 
with ourselves and with all that all that is. And when you're in that harmony and like you're speaking to when you're in the flow and the weaving of synchronicities and you have this embodied experience of how interconnected and interdependent everything is, it's like you can't you can't do harm <laughs> to anyone or anything because you know when you're doing harm to anyone or anything, you're doing harm to yourself. Like there's no separation there. So it 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 cultivates a lived experience of walking in peace on this mother earth and, you know, truly embodying like you're speaking to being the soul in this human vessel, like bringing heaven to earth. Being in that beautiful synchronistic flow that is our natural state. And right on. It's it is a freaking miracle that the awakening that's happening right now, like millions of people are awakening to this and and choosing to be in this synchronistic flow that is our true nature. The news isn't reporting that, you know, we you're not gonna find that <laughs> in the mainstream sources, but it is happening and it's it's so beautiful and I, I celebrate it and I celebrate it with all of us here on this beautiful sacred full moon um, that we, we're getting to be on this beautiful Mother Earth in this now moment with this awakening that's happening. It's whew, it's profound. <laughs> yes, it's like we're just getting started and it's always a perpetual new beginning, which is accurate to what life and nature really is because nature is existence that is self-evident and eternal. That's the true nature of nature. It's the, and I think part of what helps with alternative ways of looking at time, at least in one like this, that has a, I think a more beautiful symmetrical aspect to the cyclical side of it, if you will, is getting away from the beginning and end and back into the middle, the present moment, mm -hmm. getting away from like, because the thing about cosmology and superhero origin stories and the beginning of uh, God said, let there be light and all that, it can make for a good metaphor and teaching tool. But, but every single way of looking at the world and the origins of it, no matter how materialistic or flying spaghetti monster it might be requires a ground philosophically that is a miracle or a belief. You have to accept some kind of miracle. And to me, it's a more resonant concept that existence is, has always existed <laughs> that there is, because when you put all things with their opposite, they cancel each other out. But existence and non-existence, how can non-existence cancel anything out? It doesn't exist. Existence is nature and nature is eternal and we are nature. And just that awareness alone can help lift us out of the fear of endings. And paradoxically, we can do that by wiping the slate clean on these mythological beginnings that caused so much division and controversy amongst people who have a different idea of what that story might be. Hmm. So <laughs> you might have some response to that, but I want to make sure I don't lose this question. So you can, 
if you have something to weave in, that's great. But Chelsea wanted to know about the galactic compass and specifically about what the back is illustrating. So I can pull that up when you're ready to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I'm curious um, what it is. (laughs) (laughs) This. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not your your typical nomenclature for that, but I Googled galactic compass and I got that. Yes. Yeah, so this is um, a chart of the flow of all of the tones and all of the tribes and the like we're speaking to the cyclical nature of time really how it's all um interwoven and interconnected and we're constantly in this flow we speak a lot to the the spiraling up of evolution so each time like I was sharing when we flow through the 20 tries when we throw flow through the 13 tones when we flow through the 260 different galactic signatures that form what's called the Zulkin, the Mayan Zulkin, the sacred count. That's a nine month cycle, birthing cycle. We're, we're continually spiraling up and spiraling up and spiraling up each time we flow through these um, cycles. So this compass is reflecting um, all of this weaving, all of these different ways that the energies are flowing together. And so on the back, this is basically like the, the nine moon. Th- uh, there's 260, right? Galactic signatures. 60 different galactic signatures. Yeah. So this is putting them in the order that they fall. Yes. Or rise and maybe rise is a better word. Yes. Very cool. It's some similarities to what you were showing earlier, Chance, wouldn't you say? That oh, yeah, that Dresden Codex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jose Aguila, who channeled this, there was inspiration from the Mayan system, but it's not necessarily like a direct, a direct knowledge transmission from the ancients because probably there was a, a break in the oral traditions that wouldn't allow for that, right? Yes, that that is a powerful reflection. Um, and it's the the different cycles and weavings and the Zulkin itself is is a reflection of the ancient Mayan calendar systems and their mathematical systems. So there's a a lot that's present in the dream spell that is a reflection of these this ancient wisdom. Um, it's what I would say, um, well, obviously, it's a more modern um, interpretation of it. And it's, believe it or not, a simpler <laughs> um, map, because the intention, you know, when Jose received the transmission, the intention was for as many of our relatives to be working with this technology as possible for this to be again, a bridge from, you know, taking us out of the illusion of artificial time into a lived experience of being in the flow of natural time. And so it's, it's, um, I would say more (laughs) user-friendly than if we would, you know, be looking at all of the 
ancient Mayan calendar systems that are extremely complex and and are passed down through a lineage. So um, in the grand scheme of humanity, there are not many beings who are able to to translate and share that that knowledge. But this is this is available to whoever is called to connect with it. Now, okay, so I'm trying to decide which question I want to go with next. I know that each year in the system has a galactic signature for the whole year too. So maybe that would be a cool thing to talk about. The year begins at a different time than our Gregorian calendar, but what what year galactic signature have we been in? And maybe how have the last couple of years reflected their galactic signatures from your perspective? Because I'm sure you've given this a lot of thought. Oh, yeah. And so the last time, Chance, um, you had me on your show, which you were showing the cover art for that um, earlier, was when we were in the year of the white magnetic wizard, which was um, 2019. So we began that year, July 26, 2019. And that flowed into 2020. And that year, so magnetic is the first tone, your tone, the tone of unity and purpose. And so it began a new 13-year cycle. We began that in summer of 2019. So from that framework, we're in the beginning. Right now we're in the third year of that 13-year cycle. So July 26th, 2021, we began the year of the yellow electric seed. And I feel called to actually to reflect that mantra, if that feels resonant for the year that we're in. Is that groovy? Oh, please. Yeah. Okay. So yellow electric seed. I activate in order to target. Bonding awareness. I seal the input of flowering with the electric tone of service. I am guided by the power of elegance. Reflecting on that, just the name of the signature is interesting for right now because, first of all, Yellow, I can't help but correlate to solar plexus energy, which has been the primary theme for me all year. And we've got to call in Gabriel in the house. What's up, Mr. Hat? (laughs) You and you'll appreciate the comment I'm about to make, sir. And Gabriel, this is Heather. Heather, Gabriel. Gabriel's like my best Internet bud now. Always reliable (laughs) calling in with great insights. Uh. This has been a year and it's been going on since before this year, but more than ever, I think before the level of insights and connections being made in the, I would call it a theory, but it's kind of, it's too provable to be a theory. (laughs) The electric universe perspective has been expanding and ways of syncretizing and weaving the self-similarity of life across scales. And how our bodies are electric, the world that we're in itself is electric, 
all of that is a huge topic of fascination for me. And I've learned so much because the rest of the community that is interested in figuring out just where the heck we are and the dynamics of how it works in a spiritual science type of way, they like this community is just really putting the pieces together right now. So Mm -hmm. that's an interesting thing. So do you have any other, you know, do you have any reflections on that code spell for the year? Myself or Gabriel? (laughs) Oh, both, but we'll start with you. So something that I've been reflecting on this year thus far, and I, and I share um, quite a bit is this year is about planting seeds of service. So what we are all in the midst of in this now moment is not only planting seeds for now, for all of us in this incarnation, in this lifetime, it's really about being able to see the impact of the 13 generations to come. And so we, when we feel into a seed, we know a seed already has within it the hologram of what it's divinely designed to be. It's already all there. And the seeds that we are being called to plant in this now moment is, of course, as conscious as we can possibly be. Like, what is this, you know, new, we talk about new earth, new earth, new earth. Well, what is this new earth? that we're birthing? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What, 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 how is it different from what we've been navigating for eons of time? And so really targeting, using the power of our consciousness and our awareness to target what are these, what are we dreaming? What are we envisioning? And planting that into the fertile, you know, ground of our consciousness and nurturing those seeds, taking care, watering them, you know, holding them in this sacred space of infinite possibility with the trust that those seeds are going to flower and blossom in the divine perfect time that they're meant to. And we may not see it in this lifetime, but they are. And it's a, it's a, responsibility like we're being called to recognize what a responsibility we have right now um and responsibility when i feel into that it's it's an ability to respond when you're awakening you have the capacity to dream consciously and so this whole year is is all about that in a in an interesting Weaving with that, and then I'm going to be quiet so Gabriel can share, um, is we have not had a year of the yellow electric seed for 52 years. So we literally have been revisiting 1969 and now 1970. We entered the 70s once again at the turn of 2022. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we've been revisiting these energies from that timeline. And so we can kind of see it, what's being reflected in the collective consciousness right now that is uh, similar to what was happening in the 60s. 
Wow. Yet, yeah. Yet now we have the consciousness we have over this 52 year span to do some things differently. Man, that is beautiful. I love that. It, so, so much comes to my mind all at once. I love, I love that I came in in this conversation right now. Is So it makes me think of the yellow vest movement and, um, and, you know, picking up where the sixties left off in that aspect of like, you know, getting out, getting active, making a stand for our truth. And, you know, and whether we see the benefits of those those actions now, it doesn't matter. We're doing this for the generations to come. And even the idea of like, you know, stocking your food stores in the basement, uh, you know, we, it, we may not need to tap into those resources in this lifetime. It may be the generations who come after us if you're doing it right, you know. Uh, that's, be, that's beautiful that... Um, that you mentioned that it's the yellow seed. Say it again, the yellow seed. Yellow electric electric seed. Wow. In one of our conversations, Heather and I had, I remember I went back and looked at things that occurred 52 years prior and then 52 years prior to that. And there really is some amazing overlap that goes on. (laughs) And that 52 is such a profound cycle number because it reflects the 52 weeks of a year too. Right. It reflects so many, like 52 has so many esoteric connotations, you know, playing card decks and all of these things. Uh, 52 is like, isn't it four thirteens? <laughs> right. So interesting, interesting number. And with the, the thing that just pops into mind right now about 1969 and the last few years, correlating to the 60s is that Mm -hmm. one of the ways that the movements uh, to stop war to unify with through love one of the ways those things were co-opted back then was with drugs now psychedelics aren't themselves an enemy they're a powerful shamanic ally in the proper context but it obviously took things off the rails when some chemically derived substances were manufactured by the alphabet agencies and distributed throughout all the places that they did harm. And I think that there's an interesting reflection and maybe an energetic improvement or upgrade in a way to that concept in recent times with cannabis becoming legalized. It's a much less weaponizable substance (laughs) it's so medicinal now there are maybe downsides to a population in mass consuming cannabis in a non-ceremonial non without honoring it in a certain way Mm -hmm. but the interesting thing about it is that given enough time at least in my personal experience and what i've witnessed with others that particular plant medicine one of two things will happen (laughs) or maybe one of three things You might like, you know, I guess you could express latent psychological issues, but you could as well find the plant beginning to suggest its own disuse to you. And I think that's what the expression of latent psychological baggage tends to do. And thirdly, you might have the outcome of someone experiencing a full-blown shamanic relationship with the medicine 
elevating their use of it from beyond a crutch, beyond a habit into something that really brings them into a grounded and spiritually awakened life. And like, so I'll continue to use myself as an example. I had a session yesterday. It was a really great session. And I wanted to ground the energy after the, 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 the sound healing session. I always do. It doesn't have anything to do with the particular person that I'm working with. It's always the same. I want to ground my energy. I want to take it. Like, I really like the tool because I don't think there's as much transfer between practitioner and client with this intermediary of the sound, but there still is something going on there. And so usually my grounding practice is to go just take a walk barefoot and make a few affirmations about it. And that seemed okay, but I decided to go deeper with the grounding yesterday. And so I hadn't, I hadn't had any for a long time. <laughs> uh, I, I had some cannabis. I went on this walk in the park and I was immediately, because of the tolerance thing from when I used to use it, tolerance was high. Now it's low. And so it's immediately a very sort of mystical feeling that comes on. And it can be quite a lot overwhelming to do with other activities. But my plan was, and I did this, I went and sat under the biggest tree I could find at the park. And I rested and meditated and had this really cool thing happen where as I'm, I had sat and meditated for a while and, and rested and charged and felt myself connecting with the tree and with the ground. But at a certain point, I began to speak aloud the process of grounding as if I was giving myself a guided meditation. Nice. And it began with me choosing the words to say, going through what you might expect to hear. But at some point in the experience, my perspective, my awareness shifted so far into the witness that I really became just a watcher of this being right here, grounding and speaking the process of grounding without me choosing the words or activating my vocal cords or anything. It was like I was an invisible someone watching this guy say these words. And it was so powerful. I never felt more grounded than that. Like it, it was so cool. I hope that I'm describing that well, but it just really took me out of, of the normal experience of ego. And I felt this welling up from my soul that was directing the process of the grounding. And I just went with it and it was a flow state unlike any other. So that's my story <laughs> from yesterday. Beautiful. You know, I had a dream last night that there's a, some elements of your story in my dream. And I got a, uh, today I started my dream journal, which I've been meaning to do for a long time. And so uh, I uh, wrote down the dream and, you know, spent some time in my morning. And then I picked up the phone and I looked and I saw Heather Elizabeth is lined up for flow state tonight. And I was like, well, this is strangely significant. I'm going to read my entry to you guys and you'll see that there's a little bit of chances, uh, uh, flow state from yesterday in the dream. And then, uh, Heather Elizabeth, it's a pleasure to meet you on this wonderful full moon. Um, the, the moon was also an ingredient to the dream. So I'll read this to you. 
Can't wait. I started a regular journal, but uh, sometimes I write about my dreams in there. I don't have a full-blown dream journal. Really good move. Yes. And Gabriel is our Leo King brother, so it's a <laughs> special full moon for you, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've really been feeling it. You know, um, I put out a video tonight about today's date, 216, is um, it encodes two towers. The 16th tarot card is uh, uh, the tower card. And if you look on the moon card, it, on all the tarot moon cards, it has two towers on the moon card. And so it's really kind of magical um, that we have a 216 full moon and the moon card is the uh, has two towers on it. And also when you put the moon card out on the calendar, we are entering into, when we get into Pisces, we'll be in the segment of the, of the season for the moon, uh, the moon section of time. So th it's really beautiful. This is all lining up. And you know, there's these dogs on the moon card and it's Lupercalia this full moon too. Bada boom. You got it, man. Really powerful timing, you know, it should be doing, to be doing the show even. It's just magic. It is. Can I tell, I just uh -huh. quick, Gabriel, before you share your yeah. dream, I have two images, art images of the moon and the sun tarot cards nice. in my bedroom. And I've never noticed those two towers before. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you for activating me into that. <laughs> You're so welcome. I know that I know the tower energy very mm -hmm. well. <laughs> yes. but I, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, ever since I, I, you know, started to get into the tarot, I see it in so many places. Um, yeah, without I don't want to digress too much, but um, I also do a, a project. I call it the Tarot Tories where I take the tarot cards and the calendar, the Zodiac, and I lay it over the United States. Ooh. And it turns out that the moon card, I associate it much more with Hawaii, but it's in the same quadrant in my territories work as uh, the LA Rams and the Lupercalia dogs of war uh football ritual that just went down so that was a very supercharged ritual i'm still processing all of the symbol signs and symbols but uh yeah if anybody watches my most recent videos i talked a lot about how the ram's horn is a it's a symbol of a declaration of initiating into battle as they would blow the shofar and that is the the horn that uh, tells everybody to start the charge. And it doesn't have to be war oriented. You know, for me, I'm taking it as uh, t telling me to initiate and get my seeds in the ground. You know, time's ticking. You got to get going with your garden right now. So that's how I take it. But I also know that in, you know, in the colonialized mentality, it has, you know, that obsession with the dogs of war which are d-o-w that's the dow jones mm. so here's my journal on youtube people i linked it in the show notes <laughs> thank you brother <laughs> thank you uh so here's my journal entry first one starting today community in an abandoned ruin 
with fruit trees overgrowing old structures. An old RV used as a tavern by day and a hostel by night. And one lady with a tattoo machine. A need to leave town with short notice. Not all members had made it on board. So there is one last stop on the edge of town. Step into dried out field of high grass to take a piss. And gradually, the missing members of the community materialize from different directions. With a glance to the night sky, a strange shifting moon is seen by all. It appears as an epsilon, and somebody calls out, it's a Shiva moon. And that's the end of my entry. And I drew a little picture of what the moon, it was a, a squiggle, oh. a weird squiggle uh, in the sky. And I just was holding on to that epsilon idea um, that was in my dream. And then it was just beautiful that I looked and there was a, uh, Elizabeth uh, coming into my future. <laughs> and it was just a beautiful thing that the, the, that E had this neat little significance going on. Wow. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Gabriel. Wow. Yeah. You're very welcome. I agree with Jenny Slick's dream account is literary gold. <laughs> it's like, like poetry. <laughs> yeah, you know, it had the, the tree uh, in the, you know, over, coming up from the ruins. It even had yellow, the yellow seed, because I had to take a piss. <laughs> it, you know, on a real subtle level, there's a lot of ingredients in that dream. Yes. Uh, it, yeah, it absolutely feels very prophetic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Tapped in, my man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of, uh, you see, you started to leave us a voicemail. So maybe that's something that we can address with Heather. Oh, uh, did, it come, was, did, did it come through? My phone's been acting up. It didn't look like it went through. Let me double check. I don't think it went through. Well, I do have something cool in the call-in line, though, from also from Jenny. Sweet. In honor of the full moon, this, she says it's one of her favorite cards. And uh, that deck, her mom made that deck. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that is glorious. Mm. I love that. Solar Plex, it's your treasure chest. So right. good. Thanks, Jenny. Yes, thank you, Jenny. It's also got the yellow, the yellow seed going. Yeah, and that that full moon is right in the heart of Leo right now. Like it couldn't be more right in the middle of the chest. It is on it's on the lion's solar plexus right now. That is so cool. Mm. So my voicemail uh, that I tried to leave, um, it was uh, about the idea of. You know, uh, a lot of people, sorry, my dog's whining in the background here. Hey, Zero. Um, Hello, Zero. You're special, too. Um, 
a lot of people, it was a realization for me to find out that um, so much of my mentality is uh, colonialized, you know, and that's been a, a real project in my life, long-term project to uh, decolonialize my thinking. And it, you know, it goes into like when you, when you're writing like a, a colon, those two dots, uh, they indicate something that is the subject. So you have a, an idea, then you put the colon and what comes next is subject to the idea. And, uh, and I just realized like this Gregorian calendar and so many ingredients of the presumption that is placed on us that we just, that we agree to go along with these preconceived notions that they, you know, they are in a very um, powerful way that they subjugate our true connection to nature, you know? Yes. And I just, I love that, that uh, you know, I think that pertains to this conversation that uh, we want to get back to the roots of the reality uh, and, you know, the electric universe paradigm is a big part of that. You know, it has to do with electing to give your volition to uh, to the preconceived notions. And so, uh, yeah, so all of that is just kind of my word salad to add to the table of the bounty of of concepts here. Yes. Thank you for that. And you could, you couldn't be more in alignment. You know, it dawned on me um, a couple of years ago. So I've been in this lifetime working with this technology for almost a decade now. And it just in the last couple of years, it dawned on me. It was like, this is a way, a way to decolonize your mind. Um. Because the Gregorian calendar was created by Pope Gregory and a council. And we can rest assured <laughs> that a big part of that intention was to disempower and oppress indigenous peoples and wisdom. Yep. And even Gregory has the word agree. Kind of hitting in that word. And egregore. Right. Right. Yes. So um, there is a profound opportunity as you're speaking to to awaken and reclaim our innate connection with nature and all that is. And that this this is so much more natural to us <laughs> than mm. what we've been conditioned to believe and follow through through artificial time yeah it's it's beautiful it's beautiful mm -hmm. that we have this opportunity to remember and reclaim these parts of who we are yeah. our, what i say our divine birthright nice yes absolutely yeah I've, i know we uh, talked about the um, sort of elegant simplicity to the 1320 calendar, but I had, I think somebody gave me the tip to ask this question. I can't remember who, so whoever you are, thank you. <laughs> but it's an interesting question. Nonetheless, that are you familiar with the metonic cycle of the moon? 
I'm not. Okay, so we'll just throw this out there. And if there's anything that resonates about it with you, we'll flow with that. And if not, we can move into other ideas. But the metonic cycle is a period of almost exactly 19 years after which the lunar phases recur at the same time of the year. The recurrence is not perfect. And by precise observation, the metonic cycle defined as 235 synodic months is just one hour, 27 minutes and 33 seconds longer than 19 tropical years. So it's generally said to be 19 years. Now, a tropical year is longer than 12 lunar months and shorter than 13 of them. So a 13, basically a 28-day, 13-month calendar is different than a, the tropical year of 365 days. This is something that L.C. King gets into. So there's an interesting element to this metonic cycle where the arithmetic requires basically 12 times 12 plus 7 times 13, meaning that this cycle is a combination of 12 short years that are 12 months and seven long years that are 13 months that almost exactly equal 19 solar years. So there's a lot of like astronomical jargon in there, mm -hmm. but you know, some, there's some elements of these calendars that are just so beautiful. I mean, look at, look at this mm -hmm. artwork from the Julian system depicting the metonic cycle. And it's really fascinating, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like who are, who are these guys? Is the the angel of life, the angel of death? What's going on here? I'd like to study this this image more. But anyway, I found it fascinating that to make the metonic cycle work with our what we're told is the solar year, mm -hmm. which uh, the thing that's interesting about Lucas's work is that we may be able to dispute that a solar year is actually three hundred sixty five point two five days. Uh, that you have to still incorporate a thirteen month, twenty eight day calendar for half of the time so i don't know metonic cycles are interesting mm -hmm. i'll let you guys riff on it yeah i'm i am uh extremely curious about all of this and um just sitting in that curiosity about a 19 year cycle i don't think i've ever been consciously um in the flow of of that particular cycle been in the, the uh, powers that should not be <laughs> they're very aware of it i think you can see evidence of that for example the first whisperings of the super cooties coming to us from the east happened to coincide in the metonic cycle repeat of september 2001 to 2020 there was a metonic cycle overlay between 9-11 and the initiation of the story of cooties that, as we were told through media anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. There's probably all kinds of examples of metonic cycles showing up in that way. Wow. That's a significant one. <laughs> yeah, that's the most significant one I can think of. That's a, a very affirming of the power of this particular cycle. Yes. You know, it's so September has sept seven and M is a 13. So I wonder that's pretty powerful that we, uh, the cycle change happened in September. And there's, uh, that's the, in the metonic calculation, 
It's mm-hmm. 12 times 12 plus seven times 13. Right. That is really interesting. And I keep thinking about, you know, how the word tetragrammaton ends with matan, you know? Yeah, it sounds kind of like Metatron, too. It does. Hey, who we got joining us there? We got another pet on screen. here with us. Who is it? Metatron and Gabriel here with us. (laughs) What's your kitty's name? Yes, so this is Noah. Oh, nice. We decided to, she's been, she likes to hold sacred space over on my massage table. Um, (laughs) But she decided to come be a very um, visible part of this as we were talking about this metonic cycle. Awesome. She's bringing in that Leo tiger. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, one thing that's coming through, I feel called to reflect about this, this metonic cycle, and then particularly what you referenced, um, Chance, with uh, September 2001 to September 2020, um, and that this cycle, of course, is interwoven with the moon, the moon, again, being this feminine, the subconscious the the darkness and like this opportunity within this that particular 19 year cycle to a dark a very dark aspect of the human story being brought to the surface that particularly originated i guess in 01 a very transformative one and there's back to the two towers on the moon card again yes. as well Yes. But the moon card is 18. I've thrown this out there before, but I wonder if we're mistaken in our modern tarot to correlate the moon to 19 or to 18 and the sun to 19. I say that because of the 19 year metonic moon cycle and the corresponding solar cycle called the Soros cycle, which is 18 years. And this flip, this is maybe an interesting question to field to you. And as I know, you've already alluded to, feminine energy on a full moon but have you considered and the reason for this is ancient mythology of the north and far east as well as electric universe both of these all these systems actually now of course it's not the same as human gender but they apply in a sense polarity to the sun and moon that is reversal to what we have in the west that in an electric sense the sun and moon are actually the sun being the feminine component and the moon being the masculine. And when you think about how like male sexuality works, it does sort of wax and wane. <laughs> Whereas a like female generative potency is like always on. And it is the sun is the generative principle and the female is the generative gender in a sense. Uh, so now of course we do feel feminine energy heightened during a full moon, but we could be possibly experiencing that from the perspective of the moon is sort of calling to the feminine energy, calling it out and up through its fullness, if you will, through its solidity. Anyway, I wonder what you thought about that. 
And I think that's why the tarot has it backwards, maybe to confuse us on the issue, because a lot of what we're given in Western esotericism on the surface level, there are intentional mistakes and misleading going on, which is the the MO of a lot of the secret societies and mystery schools that gave us the tools because they really only want their initiates to have things right. And in binary 50, 50 systems, if you you're either all right or you're all wrong and it's a, yeah, <laughs> that's just something Gabriel made me realize. I'd love to quote that. Hmm. Um, I will need to meditate on all of that because I, I, I will wholeheartedly share. I've had an attachment to the moon being feminine. I have an attachment to the moon being the 18th card because mm-hmm. I was born on the 18th day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm always like, oh, it's so, it's so cool of the moon connection. So, yeah, I'm open. I'm very open. Nice. Um, to expanding my consciousness, period. Mm-hmm. And certainly there's a reason why this potentiality is coming into my space in this now moment. It's it's fascinating. Nice. That's great to hear. You know, I just I just recorded some uh, a, a quick little series and I'm probably going to redo it all because it was like re- my, my phone cut out. It's going to be choppy, but. I'm really into this bringing the feminine into the light, you know, and if we are talking about a changing of cycles and a changing of time and a a letting go of presumptions and, you know, the concept of subjugation, um, I am finding more and more space and building a stronger and stronger case for kind of what Chance is saying with flipping the feminine into the light of day with the sun and the masculine into the dark of night with the moon uh, for so many reasons. Um, one is uh, think of how um, for one gold is a soft alloy. It is, you know, you ply, it's the ply mouth, the Plymouth rock the Plymouth rock is the golden rock that you the check Bitcoin. It. It's the Bitcoin that you check its softness to, to, uh, to give it its value. And that is a feminine, uh, uh feature or aspect. Um, and even sunlight, it, you know, it bends around corners, you know, you go into a tunnel and it's not dark until you go really far in because the light is still permeating uh, in the even into the shadow to a very large degree. So the, the pliability of sunlight is even a real thing um, to consider. And uh, whereas silver is a harder alloy uh, and the moon is like a dead rock. And then the real nail in the coffin, pun intended (laughs) for me, uh, is that I believe that the realm of life and the light of day and the, the, uh, the ethereal belongs to the, to the matriarch, that the, the, the divine mother is life giving and, uh, in the the world of you know killing things and dealing with the dead, uh, that is 
kind of more of the place of the masculine, you know, Snake Jones, I see you in there. How many hunting predator animals are nocturnal? Right, right. And so, and I'm not trying to offend anybody's relationship with their divine aspects, gender wise. I do that. It's not my intention, but I'm just seeing a more and more of a list of reasoning to kind of put the responsibility of dealing with the grave, like digging the grave, putting things, dead things into the earth, even digging in general, you know, as the, is a masculine responsibility in, in the sexual content, in the sexual context, the masculine does the digging <laughs> into the, into the, you know, the, the, the feminine in a kinky kind of way. But, uh, so, and that is, that's something that I'm thinking about a lot lately is giving Ma the space, the openness, the freedom of the light of day where to move around and to see things, to have the vision and the openness. Uh, and, uh, as much as it sucks for the masculine, you know, we do, we do a lot of the dirty work. (laughs) Um, today, snake and, uh, the fellas and I, we were talking about, um, uh, that sometimes you, uh, snake had a cat sneaking into his, uh, into his, uh, chicken coop. And he had to, he had to kill the cat, you know, and that's really dark. That's dark energy to have to deal with. You don't want your divine feminine having to deal with kill the killing of the cats because we're pretty sure the cats have toxoplasmosis in that area. And it's, you know, it's a dirty job, but snake Jones has got to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so cat on cat violence. He's a fellow Leo King. <laughs> so th- these are just all things that are really fresh on my mind, and um, and I just I feel like there is a real strong case to give the mother the son, mm. you know, and to uh, to give the the father that stony, cold, dark end of the spectrum. <laughs> well, like real quick, let's just look at the sun card. You know, what's depicted on the sun card? Let me see if I can get a big enough image of it. It's kind of small, but is that a mother and her child? (laughs) You know, (laughs) could look at it that way. Just Mm, a thought. The mare. I haven't thought of that before. Yeah, it's the child is on a mare and the mare is a feminine word, too. It's where we get Mary, Mare, the sea, Maria, Mother Mary, Mm. all that good stuff. And there's even, I I know next to nothing about this. I just know there's an idea floating around out there that the tides may be more connected to the sun than the moon than we've been told too. But someone else will have to go look into that. I have nothing else to substantiate it. (laughs) But since the, you know, the sea is mare, just thoughts. Anyway, Heather, if you have to, if you want to riff on this more, I'd love to hear you take a take a rip at it. What this is making you think of, or if you need time to meditate on it, that's cool. Well, I also want to put some space into your healing modalities and your shamanic lineage hmm. as we, uh, you know, round out the stream. Well, what's coming up um, for me in this now moment beyond what I shared about just owning my attachments, <laughs> like recognizing um, them, is you know, we're all in this, this space of 
first of all, recognizing we have masculine and feminine within ourselves. And we know that we are in dire need. And I will emphasize dire, (laughs) capital D-I-R-E, dire need to balance those energies within ourselves and therefore our collective reality, or we won't be around much longer. That's that really my, that's my, my gnosis about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're all, you know, in the space of, you know, finding our pathway to that balance, to that sacred divine marriage within. And so I can see how this flows with that potentiality. Um, I also am being reminded, um, I saw something earlier today that, you know, what's happening at this Leo full moon time is there's this beautiful dance that's happening with Venus and Mars right now as well. And when I read that, it was for me, I was like feeling this again, like this, the masculine and the feminine, like uniting and coming into balance, you know, at this powerful Leo full moon time that really is calling us to courage, to to bravery, to fierceness, to owning our royalty. You know, all of us are sacred, sovereign beings. So I, you know, I am open to this being part of that flow of how we're finding that balance. Nice. Within ourselves and one another. Yeah. We're questioning all the givens from our colonial overlords here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, uh, you know, Heather, one of the things about the show, and I know you've got a lot going on in your life, but with Vibrant, consistently love to have call-ins from regulars. And if you're ever catching the stream and want to pop in and make a comment, you're super welcome. This is Definitely a community-oriented show. And the last thing to close up the topic of masculine moon, feminine sun, is that these luminaries transcend human ideas. And what we are as male and female only really correlates to those luminaries in the sense that we are all fractally self-similar as electrical beings. And as such, I do think it's possible that there could be the component of each polarity in each luminary. And it may be that what we're doing now isn't flipping, doing a gender swap on old Artemis and Apollo, but instead recognizing and honoring that like ourselves, we and they contain the Trinity. And I think like one of the things I learned from the research in spirit world when I narrated that audiobook and produced it was how much symbolism is tied up in both sun and moon reflecting mother, father, son, that they themselves were like components of a Trinity with like the Trinity was symbolized in the luminaries, especially the sun. So I don't want to, you know, that's my way of like maybe Smoothing it over if people have a disagreement about that. I don't think that this is the community where there's hurt feelings about attachments to certain symbolism. And with any system, if it works for you and you can see it apply in your life well, I encourage people to go with it. But it is worthwhile to question 
what we've been given. So all of that being said, <laughs> Heather, I really want to know more about your, the, the shamanic lineage of energy healing that you trained in. And I'm sure Gabriel does too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually pretty well acquainted with and inter- integrated with <laughs> South American culture himself. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, um, in this, this timeline, I've been initiated into um, being a Reiki master. That was about 11, 12 years ago. And right in that same flow, when I was moving through that um, initiatory um, portal, I was also blessed to be um, an apprentice for a shamanic visionary artist, shamanic healer, shamanic teacher, um, who's studied with a number of different shamans. Um, she has a real deep um, connection and, and is part of a lineage of a Peruvian um, shamanic tradition, the Shipibo people. And I also have gotten to, to be a part of the Mayan um, lineage and train with them as well. So it's a a blending of of many different um, traditions, and really, the heart of it for me is a is a deep respect and reverence for that wisdom and the opportunity to bring that through in in the unique ways that I'm guided to bring that through. So when I'm offering um, shamanic energy medicine with fellow um, relatives. I'm bringing channeling that Reiki energy, which honestly, at this point, I'm like, it's it's all energy. <laughs> it's the universal life force energy. Um, I'm bringing that through and I'm really tuning into the being that I'm connecting with and offering that energy medicine. I'm sure um, chance you move through a similar process with your sound healing offerings and Gabriel um, whatever offerings you share, you know, you're really tuning into the essence of that being that you're sharing the medicine with and, you know, listening to what kind of um, earth energy tools want to be a part of the healing, whether it's crystals, oils, sound, um, flower, water, smudge, all of the above. And so every single experience is completely unique to that moment of now and that being and I can work with people and I have worked with people for years and every single time it's completely unique and different elements of the shamanic um, wisdom is brought through in service to them and in their evolution this is uh, unprofessional but I got to go off camera for just a second but I'm still here I'll be right back Go off camera. You guys hold it down for me. You're right back. Yeah, so Gabriel, I'd love to hear about your your path and how you work with the the medicine. Yeah, uh, so I am a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not not practicing currently, but that is definitely my gift. And. it was in massage school where I met a beautiful goddess who was a uh, a dancer. And she described herself as a body junkie. 
And I very quickly realized I want to be a body junkie too. <laughs> and so she, uh, she initiated me into a dancing martial art uh, known as capoeira. Mm. And capoeira is an Afro-Brazilian folk dancing uh, ceremony that is just completely inundated with uh, symbolism and ritual and appreciation for entities and elements and spirits of a very uh, Afro-Brazilian origin. And also it's, um, also it's an art of uh, cultural self-defense is another aspect of what preserving those traditions, uh, what it serves towards. And so uh, I've been really honored to have a, uh, a series of masters in my life going forward from, from what she taught me. And every step has been deeper and deeper into uh, just appreciating the value of decolonizing our thinking and uh, and questioning everything, much like Deserta was saying in the comments there, and you know, putting a uh, a new light on the world around us, and uh, and making it a beautiful place along the way. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, we had a really good talk about that the first time we got on screens together. I feel like there's so much more gold in your experience with that yet to be shared with the world and <laughs> the equipose of someone who is trained to dance fight to aesthetically, you know, <laughs> mix it up with others without getting your pants dirty. All of that is <laughs> like so powerful. There's so like, it's totally a cat thing. There's so much grace involved. So here is another great share from Ginny, another tarot card, not tarot, but it's an Oracle card deck, animal spirit deck. I have this deck too. And this is number 13 cat spirit. Yeah. Claim your independence. And she wrote in these times, never underestimate how changing from within might influence what world we have this year. Apparently that's a quote from me. (laughs) <laughs> sweet yeah i say the darndest things that, that lines awesome card card that lines up with the diction of aries 13 lands in the leo that's beautiful mm. oh man yeah heather you'd have to check out gabriel's diction of aries cipher sometime it's basically the zodiac the 12 signs with 360 degrees marked around it every 10 degrees with the entire alphabet and then the the singular digits following the alphabet. And there's other things involved, like the four suits, which are also the four elements. And it's this crazy, I feel like it's sort of channeled, man. Like you channeled this map that explains the synchromistic correspondence between all our major symbol systems through which we communicate and understand nature and each other. So that's pretty wild stuff. We talked about that a lot on the last vibrant, actually highly appropriate. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. We're getting close to the wrap up, but what were you going to say? I want to know what, uh, what your sign is. 
What do you, what do you uh, identify as? <laughs> uh, with the dream spell, with traditional astrology, all of the above. Whatever yep, yep. one you identify with most outside of dream spell, I guess. Outside of dream spell. Um, so I'm Sun, Sun Sag, and I definitely um, align with the, being the truth seeker. We got a triplicity of fire, Aries, Leo, Sag. <laughs> Right on, right on. And I am a Virgo rising. And I'm still, I would say, claiming that aspect of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would love any insights you have or anyone else has about um, the Virgo archetype. And Aquarian Moon. Oh, cool. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely, you know, I can remember, I don't know how old I was when I had the conscious awareness of that astrology map and the fact that I was a Sagittarius and I would like read my horoscope in the newspaper. Like, mm-hmm. every day, you know, I was so like captivated as a word I would use. And so I, you know, oftentimes will reflect about that part of my awakening and then, you know, how the dream spell and that archetypal technology is so, so interwoven with my path now and this overall um, understanding I would say from all of these different systems, it's that, you know, we all have a soul blueprint. Like there is such divine intention. Yes. About our incarnation and, you know, the soul, the I am that we are is, you know, in charge is the, is the decider. It's like nothing is um, in my, my feeling is fate. You know, it's like we're nothing's being done to us. It's like, you know, from that I am space, like we're very intentional about when we come in to these bodies and, you know, what we're bringing in, what we're desiring to learn, how we're desiring to evolve. And it's all so, so fascinating to me um, and empowering, you know, to remember you know, who these parts of who we are and, and how to integrate and embody our divine gifts. So who is that? This is Gandalf. (gasps) Another white wizard on screen. (laughs) Bows to Gandalf. He's a wise elder. Looking pretty good for 10, aren't you, buddy? He looks great. What a sweet. So a really um, cool weaving with the wizard archetype in the dream spell is wizard is Ish in the Maya and Ish is the Jaguar. Yeah. So it's more of that feline. And I have always had cats around me my whole life. Like I have a picture of myself like four years old. Look at him. Oh my God! Like mm-hmm. with the arm arms full of kittens, 
just like overflowing. I mean, I just always have wanted and needed and attracted that feline medicine. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's he's yeah. vibing. He's yeah, vibing. he's feeling it. He's feeling it. He yeah. likes hair. And he, <laughs> another cool cat is in the vibrant call-in line. Here's an awesome drawing that Davin oh, did. Wow. Yes. Really good. Davin's a sick sketch artist. Looks awesome. I nice love that. Nice yeah, man. Wow. I, I uh, something else to say. Wait, you go for it, Gabe. Well, I when he he shared that with me a while back, and it uh, it corresponded beautifully with a, a old poem I wrote, and uh, I think I shared it with him quite a few months back. But I just love that image; it goes hand in hand with some of my writing. Uh, and I think Snake and I both were in a chat with him uh, quite a while back, and that one it's great. Hail, hail to the Leos! <laughs> Leo rising, yeah, yeah man. That's what this is all about. Your main. <laughs> I'm a main character. Yeah. So <laughs> your poetry, maybe you'll read us that poem on flow state. This is my way of segueing out of the vibrant segment of tonight's infotainment. Uh, and we'll, you know, I'm going to kick it back to Heather so she can let us know how to connect with her. But first I want to announce that. Sometime after this stream ends, shouldn't take too long, we all convene over on the Weaving Spiders Welcome YouTube channel. Yes, we do, Gandalf. We get over there and we get a big group Zoom call going, Gandalf. And we put our cameras on artwork and we do art together and take turns reading. We read all kinds of interesting things. And, you know, it's like the most fun thing second to vibrant <laughs> and it's really Wednesday nights are just super lit because we go from one to the other. So we'll be kicking that off soon. Uh, I know that we went a little late tonight, flow staters here on the vibrant because of a tech issue, but wow, this cat is so sweet, <laughs> but yeah, other things too, I feel I should announce, um, get at me for sound healing sessions. Maybe while I've got your attention captive, I'll read a brief review, I guess you'd call it, of the experience from a recent client, Ariel, actually, who's probably in the chat right now. And I'm hoping she joins us on Flow State and reads for us. She does that on her own YouTube channel. So she says, I thoroughly enjoyed my sound healing and reading session with Chance. It was relaxing, eye-opening, reaffirming, challenging, emotionally integrating, and incredibly insightful. I felt lighter and clearer after the sound session. Chance was great at explaining the process, expressing his findings and interpreting the cards drawn for the second half. I am so glad I made this appointment and plan to make a follow-up one in the future. Thank you so much for sharing your talents, Chance. Yeah, thank you for that glowing endorsement. And what she and I did together was a full sound healing session followed by Oracle card reading. And that's my favorite thing to do, the combo session, because then you get all this affirmation and synchronicity through the cards that reflects everything that I just told you I found in the field <laughs> in a pretty major way. Mm -hmm. So if people are interested, they can hit me up chance at interversepodcast.com. You can check my website for more information about the process. I've done a lot of videos on it and that'll be it for plugs right now. Watch out for a really fire interverse episode coming tomorrow with 
Mario Garza, Symbolic Studies, who I saw in the chat not long ago. That one's going to be a real mind blower. Super good stuff. So, Heather, if you would love to close us out by letting us know how people can connect with you, your website is shineheatherelizabeth.one, which I meant to show at the beginning of the show, but here it is now. <laughs> tell us about tell us about your stuff and and let everyone know all the plugs for your work that you want them to know about mm-hmm. and how to connect. Beautiful. And well, thank you for being here. We have to do this more often than like two years apart. No, <laughs> thank you. And thank everyone um, so very much from the depths of my heart for sharing your, your energy um, in this space. Um, even if I didn't read what you said or talk directly to you, I can feel your, your energy and your, beauty and it, it's really touching my heart and I'm, I'm deeply honored. Um, yeah. So my, my, uh, my website is um, really fun <laughs> and activating in itself. So um, I would love for y'all to check it out. As, as Chance said, shineheatherelizabeth.one O-N-E. I've got videos on there. I've got some audio meditations. This is something that I want to be sure and share with y'all. At the beginning of the nine moon gestation cycle we're in right now, so that 260 day count, the one we're in right now today is Ken 169. Um, So we began this particular gestation cycle on September 1st, 2021. And so on that day, I began recording um, audio meditations every day for the signatures. And I've made a commitment with my I am and my guides to do that for the 260 days. So I've been doing it 169 days (laughs) now. And so I have all of those on SoundCloud, Shine Heather Elizabeth. So if you're feeling curious, about this technology and connecting with the medicine of the signatures each day. Um, I invite you to check that out. Cause I really like, there's many of us that I feel are translators um, for this technology. So it can be a um, easeful way to flow in um, to this particular map. So I also post those on my website each day. Um, under the Sacred 13 page. That's the page that's completely devoted to the dream spell. So you can check them out on there as well. And the events page on my website, shineheatherelizabeth.1one slash events. Definitely check that out because I, like I said, I'm, I offer um, virtual circles every 13 days. Um, so that's on there. There's some other virtual events that I'm a part of and some in-person stuff as well in here in uh, Colorado, Boulder County, Colorado. And then I also am in Austin, Texas a lot of the time. And I'm sure there'll be other places um, that I'll be showing up and offering, but that's really my heart is ceremony and ritual and, and bringing people together in that way. And virtual is a beautiful way to do that. 
Um, and I love the in-person <laughs> vibe. So Denver people Sunday, March 6th at 11 a.m. Journey into the heart breathwork ceremony. Yes. I'm looking at Rachel right now. Sounds like it's right up her alley. Yes. Mm-hmm. I tried to lure her into the chat, but she's taking it easy. Very excited. Which is totally this. understandable. Yes. Very excited about this collaborative um, with my dear sister, Ashleen. Um, beautiful, beautiful soul. So yes, we're going to be offering this breathwork immersion ceremony um, on the 6th. And yeah, and it, I offer one-on-one as well, both virtually and in person. And you can find all that info on my website. And, um, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm still like in the, what'd you call it? Fed book? What'd you call it? Book, yeah, <laughs> that's the nicest word I have for it. Um, and, uh, I mean, my my experience with book at this point is I am unable to reach anybody other than like my mom and dad. Basically, hmm. I have I spent years fighting the algorithms and shadow banning and censorship to accumulate a few thousand likes for my page on Facebook, and it might as well be zero in terms of how many people see anything I do. So I yeah. gave up on it. It still I exists, but I hear you. Telegram is where the fam is at. After I got on Telegram, everything started really clicking for this podcast, forming a a committed and loving community that they can all be friends with each other. And that's the most important part. It's not about me connecting with everybody. That's important, but it's about the space so that it's not just a show you listen to for entertainment, but there's somewhere you can land. And hopefully I'd like that to expand to like actual land, <laughs> like a place you could land and do in-person stuff. Yeah. I'm going to look you up when I'm in Colorado next and see if we can get lunch or something. Yes. I'd love that. Please do. I mean, it, it's happening. Like I need That's, to hug you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Colorado is where I spent the last almost 20 years of my life. I'm, um, I lived in Boulder for most of it too. So that's really beautiful that you're from there. Well, that's amazing. It's part of my path. Um, these past couple of years has Mm -hmm. been, um, to, to move here. Nice. It was very spur of the moment. Um, but you know, spirit was like, this is where you need to go. And so, here I am and fortunately get to dance back and forth between here and Austin. Um, nice. Yeah. So. Wow. Two very powerful towers. Two pillars of spiritual, yeah. Yeah, spiritual strength in both of those locations. That's beautiful. It is. It really is. Yeah. Nice. Well, you guys got anything to throw out there before we wrap up? Gabriel, thanks for your contributions man it really helps to have you come in side saddle uh ride ride this show with out with me and take the pressure off producer chance to talk and produce and i get to just enjoy the magic (laughs) so you know keep keep coming keep coming in to our Leverage, brother. I love you so much. Absolutely. I just throw on a hat and wear my bathrobe and it's all good to go. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> this was very, uh, yeah, this was really synchronous. You know, the, the dream 
uh, in the fact that, you know, the first thing after journaling today was looking and seeing Heather Elizabeth is on the horizon on this full moon. It's, it's so powerful. So lovely. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think uh, and it was nice to kind of process that, you know, this this thing about the sun and the moon, the 1819, I call it the Akhenaten. The Oxane and Noitzane is the eighteen nineteen. I am. I'm probably going to go just redo my whole my whole uh, work that I was. I'm trying to put together here because it was just nice to process with you guys and uh, mill it over with some of the the wise ones in my life. This is great. Thank you. Thank you. This is such a blessing to get to connect with you, Gabriel, um, and this yes. you know under this magically a full moonlight <laughs> wouldn't be Leo full moon without you calling in that's right <laughs> i know there's so much more to come we're planting we've been planting some powerful seeds that's what's up yeah buddy before i, I forgot to ask this did you look up your yes. your galactic signature gabriel i have not okay can i decode your galactic signature live on the air Oh, fun. Absolutely. Okay. Hit me with the birth dates unless you want it in a private message. Uh, it's all good. Uh, eight, five, seven, seven. Nice. Ooh, okay. <laughs> You're going to love this. <laughs> Gabriel is also Ken 34 white galactic wizard. All right, wow. you're you're white. What are you? You're white. I'm what white, wizard? White planetary wizard. Okay, but also a white wizard. Boom. That does not surprise me. <laughs> you are a white wizard. So there that is. And I'll read your code spell. Okay. 1034, white galactic wizard. I should also pull it up on screen so that you can yes. see the symbol for it. It's very Gabriel. Okay. Can, I, can I, right before you read that, Chance, I want to share another sync. Yeah. We are actually in the galactic moon right now in the dream spell, which is the eighth. So you're the eighth tone, the galactic tone of integrity. And oh we're, we're, we're in the second week of the galactic moon. So Super strong moon for you today, then. Super strong. And that, I love it. You're that you're magnetizing this remembrement of this part of your blueprint in this now moment is really amazing synchronicity. Wow. Evan said in the chat, Gabriel is my esoteric synchro magical wingman, but I just got to say, I feel like I'm the wingman to Gabriel. He's older, wiser, better looking, better fighter, like all of that. I should be training under you since I. So, okay, I'll read your code spell now. Shoulder to shoulder, brother. Shoulder to shoulder. I guess that's how wings work. <laughs> Both wings. Okay, so that symbol is pretty uh, wow. pretty Gabriel, don't you think? Yeah, that's awesome. White Galactic Wizard. I harmonize yeah. in order to enchant. Modeling receptivity, I seal the output of timelessness with the galactic tone of integrity. I am guided by the power of endlessness. And who's that? The power of endlessness. That's you, Chance. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Shoulder wow. to shoulder, brother. 
(laughs) (laughs) This has been so good. Okay. We'll wrap it up. We got to get it over with so that we can join flow state. This is Gabriel will join me there, man. uh, Every week I'm just like, you're the best dude, but you really are the best. I love you so much. And Heather, you too. This has been magical. Love y'all. Thank you so much. Thanks, vibrators. Join us on Flow State. I linked in the chat. It's in the show notes. So catch you all later. Strength and love, y'all. Much love. Be well. Be blessed. Be yourself. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye.